Welcome to the Skill Stadium, a podcast for the skilled trades, where you can learn about the opportunities and benefits of working in the skilled trades from business owners, hiring managers, and the hardworking, talented professionals. And now, your host, Keith Williams. Welcome to the Skill Stadium Podcast, episode 85. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Keith Williams. I love what I do because every guest has a story to tell, and every story is as unique as their fingerprint. Every week, I feature professionals in the skill trades, business owners, educators, people giving real-world advice, telling it like it is. We don't run any ads on this podcast. We are not selling anything to you. If you found value, please share the podcast. Make sure you leave a five-star review. Make sure you write a quick review. That's all we ask. It's easy, and it takes less than five minutes. Thank you again for tuning in. So today, we're going to talk about a welding program that's getting high school students prepared for the profession in the skilled trades. Now, my guest today grew up in Rochester, New York. His profession is he's a welding instructor at Monroe to Orleans POSIS. He has a number of years experience as a welder in the industry and is enjoying teaching students. He really loves teaching students and making a difference in their lives. His biggest strength is his patience. And one of the things he's most proud of in his life is that he got his CWI certification a couple of years ago. And during his free time, he likes hanging out with his friends. Please welcome Scott Prince to the Skill Stadium podcast. Scott, how are you doing today? I'm doing just fine. How are you? Excellent, Scott. Excellent. Hey, I appreciate you taking the time to be a guest on the podcast. How are things going with you now? Well, things are going good. I'm staying fairly busy uh, between school. I'm also teaching at nighttime. I've got a continuing adult education course that I'm doing two nights a week. Uh, it's actually an introduction to uh, welding right now to get other people oriented with the field and showing them the uh, basics and what they can learn. And what they can do with it. Excellent, excellent. Hey, one of the things I wanted to talk to people about is the importance of having a strong online presence and building networks on LinkedIn. Because a matter of fact, you and I connected through LinkedIn. Talk to me about how you use LinkedIn to build relationships and connect with people in the industry. Oh, God, I've used LinkedIn more than I've used any social media platform, period. I've met a lot of great people, Jason Becker, Nate Bowman, a guy named Al Moore from Marion Testing. I mean, just said people reaching out, you can shoot ideas off of one another and, you know, just kind of ask questions and you, you get an answer. That's the nice part about it. Uh, I agree, 100%. And guess what else, folks? It's free. There's no charge. So take it from Scott. That is a great resource. And it's the reason why we're doing this podcast today. That's why I really want to emphasize that. And so, you know, Scott, you were in the military, Navy. How do you feel that? No, I'm not. I was not in the military. I mean, I saw that earlier. I'm not. My son is. Your son is. My son's Navy. Okay. All right. Your son's Navy. And my father was Navy. Okay. All right. Well, tell me how has being in the industry, in the field, uh, being somebody who's a layman who actually did the work, how has that helped you to make that transition into teaching? and being able to relate to the students and to give them, you know, a experience from somebody who's, who's an actual practitioner, not somebody who's just doing theory. So a lot of me in the years of experience that I've gotten in the field, I have learned from an older generation, my father, uh, different 
Wilders throughout the line, you know, what you learn is, is everybody's got something to teach you. You just got to want to listen to them and figure out how to apply it. Without doing that, if you show them the respect that they've earned throughout the years, they will show you. They will move mountains to show you what you can learn. And that's been one of the most beneficial things. You know, I've learned to keep my mouth shut and watch and learn continuously. Every day is a new learning curve. You know, there's something, you know, I've learned. There's something my kids have taught me, you know, and it's just constant learning. It never stops, never goes away. Uh, I agree. I agree. I think that, you know, we live in a world today where, there's so much information out there. There are people who have so many different perspectives who are at different stages in their lives. And there are things that you're just going to pick up from them that you can each teach each other. Because I believe, you know, if I'm not mistaken, you didn't come up, you know, you came up at a time when social media wasn't there as big as it is. No, now. I didn't. I mean, my computers for me were still on green screen. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I know mean, that. The, you didn't have Facebook. You didn't have Twitter. You didn't have Instagram. I mean, you didn't have any of these, these platforms. Now, I mean, a lot of the things I, I mean, cell phones were still new, fairly new when I was coming up. You know what I mean? I was, I came out of they were pagers were, were the norm. I, <laughs> you, I know you got old to somebody. <laughs> yeah, I can remember that. I mean, I, I came up in time. I'll, I'll do you one one more. I came up at a time when we used pay phones and when we had those rotary phones. So <laughs> I could relate. I know, I hear that. My God, if my kids had to use one of those now, I don't know if they know how to use it. <laughs> <laughs> I agree 100%. But I think... The advantage that it gives us is you can learn from that younger generation who grew up with this and they can learn from you in terms of skill sets. So it makes for a great learning experience when you mold the two, you bring the two together. You do. And I also try to incorporate life lessons into it as well. I mean, you can always figure out some kind of lesson to teach something to somebody. Definitely. I mean, it may not apply to this person one day, but two days later, it may be what, you know, it may have applied then. So, I mean, we use a lot of life lessons, do's and don'ts, you know, think before you act, analyze things, you know, step back and look at, step back and look at the overall picture. Definitely. Hey, can you tell us about the welding program where you work? What's it about? What's the uh, process for people who are going in? Yeah, so I work for uh, Monroe 2 Boses or uh, Monroe Orleans. It's called the Momoko Western Eastern Monroe, uh, Orleans Career Training Center. It's a CTE program. We have a junior and senior year program. We're actually two programs now. Myself and another teacher, Josh Padlick, he's uh, actually our chairman of our local AWS section. Their program has exploded twofold, and last year I joined him on making this program even bigger than it was. We went from, I believe, 50 kids, and now we're somewhere in the neighborhood of 80, wow. and next year creeping around 100, should be in there, give or take. Because currently we have two junior programs and one senior program, and we split the senior program between the two of us. That's amazing. I guess the word is spreading. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we just had an, we had an open house uh, back towards the beginning of school and we had an amazing turnout. We had a sophomore day where the sophomores come in and they got to look at the programs and we actually gave them a little taste of all the well processes that we offer and, you know, just kind of got them a feel for it. I mean, welding's not for everybody, but you know what? It's not just all about welding there. I mean, we've got anything from automotive to woodworking to dentistry. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's a ton of different, pro there's a ton of different projects and uh, programs there that they offer. And you know what else too, is that these are professions where when they finish school, 
they're getting into the workforce. They're getting paid. And nothing yeah. nothing brings the relevance of something, to, especially to young people, when they see the dollars, they see the money, show me the money. And so speaking of that, what kind of range of income could welders come in out of your program expect to earn just as they're getting started? So a lot of it too depends on, you know, what skill sets they possess. Uh, I mean, industry-wise, everybody, you know, you got regions, your Midwest, your Northeast, your South, different. Up here, you can probably expect anywhere to come in at inexperienced at $15 an hour, maybe $16, dollars If you're, you know, on a higher end of things, you can probably get closer to 20 That's very good. That's very good, especially yeah. if you're just, you know, you're just getting started. You got to think these are 18-year-olds who are just getting started in life. And probably some of them, I'm sure, are living at home. That's not, it's not a bad amount of money to make just getting started. No, I remember my first welding job coming out of high school paid me $4.75 an hour. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a big jump that, they, <laughs> that, that they're making today. <laughs> but then yeah, again, also, leaps keep, and bounds. Yeah, but keep in mind, things were probably a little bit more affordable than they are today. So a lot different. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. So let me ask you this. Um, what makes students go through your program and stay and pursue a career in welding? Because you said not everybody, you know, welding's not for everybody. So what, what do you think is making some of the students who decide to stay? So a lot of it that I've seen so far, I mean, you have kids that, that are interested just because they basically see if they get to play with fire. You've got some that are kind of on the fence. They could go either way. And then you've got ones that want to uh, actually do this. Mm-hmm. So they have a tendency to stay. I mean, so far I have not had a single kid drop out yet. That's amazing. Which has been phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, we come in. I mean, a daily routine for us is everybody gets checked in. We get settled in. We might do some kind of bell work assignment on the process. Like right now, we're working on GMA, and and we're doing a lot of stuff involved with MIG. And, you know, we do a bell work assignment, and then we do a little bit of theory, and then we hit the lab running. Okay. Would you say that you spend more time on doing the actual work as opposed to theory? Because you mentioned theory, and that seems more like classroom stuff. Yeah, so anywhere on a given day, we're in the classroom itself between, like I said, a given an assignment to do and theory, anywhere between probably 15 and 45 minutes, but you usually got a good hour and a half to the shop. Some days, if we, you know, we're really cranking it out and they've done really well, it's good draws and let's go right out to the shop and we'll, we'll start working on stuff. So like I said, they... The guys I have are, all my students are second to none. I mean, our whole entire program, all the students are great. Well, that's good. Well, testament to good leadership, good teachers. Yeah, I mean, they give us no problems whatsoever. I mean, they ask us, but they do what we ask of them. I mean, I wouldn't ask any of them to do anything I wouldn't do. If I said, here's a plastic shovel, go out and dig me a trench, they're going to go out and they're going to dig me a trench and they're not going to question it, but they know that I'm going to be standing there with them doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you got to lead by example. That makes that makes a world of difference. I also think the fact that you guys do a lot of hands-on work, I think I believe I got to believe that that keeps people interested because it's a change from the traditional classroom, so to speak. It is. It is definitely a different break. So like this year with the juniors, I have been more focused on getting the processes down with them where we grew within a few weeks of starting to do some projects. And what I've kind of developed with them is I've already broken them in. It's not like an individual thing. I I believe in teamwork. Teamwork is a very big thing with me. Mm -hmm. So we've broken, these guys are going to be broken into teams and I'm going to give you some steel and here, you're going to draw it out. 
you're going to fabricate it, you're going to build it, and you're going to work together as a team. You're going to do this from the ground up, and you're going to learn from your mistakes. I will help you along the way, and that's one of the best things I can, you know, that's one of the best things I can, I find that works with them. Let them try to get a voice in things. Let them start to think. One of the big problems we have is there's not a whole lot of thinking going on in today's thing. You've got to get them to use their brain, and when they're using their brain, things work really well. Definitely. Let them learn from, like I said, mistakes. You know, I teach my kids, be humble. I mean, there's always somebody out there who's going to do something. They're going to be better at something than you are, but be humble, learn. I agree. I agree. The, that, the, that's you know, huge. Common theme here is learning. I also got to believe the other thing too is attention to detail because you, you're dealing now with fire and metal. So, you know, you got to be coordinated. You also have to be careful, I would imagine. Yeah, like we go through like at the start of our year, just to give you a brief description, you know, like our first five, six weeks is pretty much dedicated to safety and oxy fuel cutting. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're going to know how to set up a torch. You're going to know how to disassemble. You're going to know how to move it around. You're going to know how to check for leaks. You're going to know if you're using a drill press, you know, how to be safe about it, using a chop saw, using a bandsaw, iron worker, you know, how do you transport bottles, you know, using power to air tool. That's very important to me that you understand how to use those things, because if you don't understand how to use them, you could hurt somebody down the road. And that's not the goal. I mean, you want to be able to work safely and efficiently as possible. Definitely. Definitely. Something I was curious about, and I know, I think we talked about it before, is, and I'm always curious about this because you see a lot of people who are changing careers as they get older. And the perception is that when you're over 40, you can't change careers. And I know that you know that this is not true because you've seen students come in over 40 through your program. Can you share an example of someone over 40 making a successful transition into welding? So again, my CWD uh, course that I teach at nighttime, we've got some guys that are in there, obviously, because they just, they're the hobbyists, you know what I mean? Sure. But I also have a group of like three or four that are wanting to make a career change, you know, that have come from a background in anything from nursing to, you know, being in an office from eight to five every day that, you know, they've had enough or they've been displaced and they want to learn something new. It's never, you're never too old to learn anything, in my opinion. And I'll tell you what, being with the CWD group that I have now, it's been great because it's taken me back to the basics as well. And I get to go through a lot of things that I haven't touched off on in a while. And it's been a real, real blast. I've had a great experience with them. And, you know, to see these guys eventually go out, that to me is a victory. Has it been an easy transition for them? What are some of the challenges they faced or what are some of the advantages that they have being over 40 versus well, what you see with your high school students? Well, with high school students, you know, you, you have that you have that gung ho energy out of a high school student. You know, they're they're fearless. They can be very fearless. They have they're not afraid of anything. Where you know, when you're older, I think sometimes when you have no choice but to look at change, you have a tendency to get a little nervous. You question things more. Can I do this? And my answer to every one of them is yes, you can. Mm -hmm. You just have to face your fear head on and take it by the horns and go. Yeah. Well, I think the fact that they're going in the program is a good sign that they definitely are facing their fears, you know, and I just, I have a lot of respect when I see people over 40 changing careers because I know it's not easy. I mean, I've been at this since I've been 15 years old. I mean, I was 40, I'll be 46 this year and I just did my CWI. And for me, that was a big leap. I mean, I knew nothing but welding prior to that. And now I've looked at a whole new side of welding. So now I'm more into the science and 
have science applications to it and everything else. I mean, and it's just, and for me to take that leap was huge. I had a two week span where, you know, I thought I knew enough. And when it come to, when it came down to it, I had to like retrain myself in two weeks. And I was like, Oh my God. I mean, at the end of my two weeks before the day of my exam, I sat in my car and I, I was had tears falling down my face just because I couldn't, I was like, Oh my God, it's almost over. <laughs> What, what did I just go through, you know? And I had to retrain myself. It was unbelievable. Can you tell us about the CWI certification and why is it important for people who are in So, so not, I mean, CWI isn't obviously for everybody. I mean, Certified Welding Inspector Program, you know, that's an AWS credential that you have your Certified Welds Educator, your CWI, and then you have your CWS. I have my CWE and my CWI. I actually had went to uh, Lincoln Electric and taking my CWI test and pre-seminar course there, they also offered a CWI prep course I took as well. I was down there for two straight weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got into it because I was looking at like, man, I've been at this for 30 years and at that point, 27, I was like, I need to find a new route to go. You know, I feel like I've done pretty, I've done a lot here and I enjoyed helping the younger younger group of generations coming up and that's kind of where I wanted to be. So I thought by going after my CWI and, and doing that route and, and tell you what, it's been amazing. I mean, if you can, you can get yourself to that level, you have earned it. That by far is not an easy test. I mean, I sat for four hours on my way home in a car and I remember every single question on my test going, wow. did I pick the right answer or not? And then I was on pins and needles for like the next six weeks waiting for my results. I mean, it was, when I got it, it I was like, yes, I did it. It took you know, and six I tell everybody weeks? else, you can always do it. It, it took six weeks yeah, to get well, your results? It did. I actually, because I was one of the, it used to be all one day, one shot, and I was in the Prometric now where they give you part A and C. And then I took part B while I was at Lincoln. And by the time they got all their paperwork back together, it was right before, it was right before Christmas that I got my official email and letter saying that I had passed. Nice. 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 I, their times have greatly come up since. I mean, but like I said, I was pretty much kind of one of the first programs to have that done and be in the Prometric. So it was very interesting. I mean, the Prometric portion of it, you know, before you leave the parking lot. Got it. How long did the exam take when you're writing, when you're doing the exam? So you get two hours a session, two hours for part A, two hours for B and two hours for C. Oh, wow. That's long. Yeah. They used to do it eight hours. Yeah. You would go, you might start with part A and then move to part C and finish with part B. They kind of had everybody on a loop for what I understood prior to that. I mean, God bless those guys that did it. They have my really utmost respect because I was drained after one part. I can imagine. I mean, <laughs> I anytime you're that in one day. Yeah. I think anytime you're sitting down to do an exam for two hours, that's a lot. And let alone like three parts, six hours. Jeez. That's a lot. <laughs> you know, and you're chasing words like shall and should, and you're looking at a fake code in your part B and, you know, and you know what your code says, but they give you a fake code that you have to work to. And your whole test for your part B is based on this book of specifications and code they give you. And you're just, you're like scratching your head, but you got to remember at that point in time, it's this book that matters. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Let's talk about the importance of mentors, because I know, you you know, when you and I talked, I know you've had mentors, particularly that you've met through LinkedIn and through your networks and through your career. Please say, tell us about the relationships and why it's important and how that how it's been important for your career. 
that meant oh god i mean huge like you know i i remember when our conversation i told you one of the biggest mentors is uh was my dad i mean we worked the last seven or eight years that he was welding before he retired i mean not many people can say that they get to do something like that but i mean he taught me just more than what welding was about you know i mean i got 40 years of life (laughs) groundings you know it was every day Mm -hmm. So, you know, for they have that kind of mentorship when it comes to that stuff is just huge. Mm-hmm. So for him, I, if you ever listen to this, I'm very thankful. Charlie Cross, Lincoln Electric, me and him have gotten to be really great friends. I met him. He was the one that did my uh, CWI seminar and CWI prep course. And this guy is one of the smartest guys. If you ever get a chance to talk to him, he, he's worth the conversation. The guy is amazingly brilliant. He looks at welding in a whole other way. He started to take me in that way to look at things. I go to Ohio. I've gone to his house and hung out. We've been in we've we've been in his garage at two o'clock in the morning just welding, and we look at things and we talk about it. I talk to him probably two to three times a week, and we just talk about things. I mean, those are the people that you want to have in your life. And a lot of these guys, like Jason Becker and Nate Bowman, and them. Since I got my shoe, we've all started to interconnect through, like I said, LinkedIn. And we've done a lot. And these guys have been very instrumental in ways and things that I've tried to do. Ryan Eubanks, he has one of the most successful well programs in the high school that I'm aware of. And Kyle Linko. And I've never even met these guys, but I've reached out and Charlie's put me in touch with one and I reached out to Kyle and they've just given me small tidbits of information that go, have gone a long way. And so far, everything they've told me has worked. So why not keep going with it? That makes sense. I love the fact that, you know, you have access to these folks because everything that you're learning is just, it just, again, shows the importance of learning because you're not a newbie. You've been doing this for a number of years and you're still learning new things. That's just amazing. It's a, it's a testament to the importance of learning. I mean, most of my background has been in ASME code and pipe. Mm-hmm. I welded, I've done that for 30 years. And, you know, I mean, to get into these guys, like Jason's very knowledgeable when it comes to structural steel. And Nate is very good with velocity ends, welding machines. I can talk to Nate about welding machines. And if I've got classroom you know, questions, hey, you know, I can reach out. And Kyle's been very good at answering stuff for me. Or Ryan be like, just call me. And I, he, he's put me in the right direction. I've talked to that guy twice. And so far, he's been 100% spot on. And he's like, do this, do this, do this. Call me when you need to get pick, in a pickle. I nice. do it. And he goes, do this, do this, do this. Nice. I mean, those are the guys that make a difference. Definitely, definitely. Hey, you know, wanted to tell you, you know, Skill Stadium, we have a platform where we have job seekers who create 30-second elevator pitches. And we also have people who can do 60-second videos. I call it like a highlight reel. How, you know, we talked about social media. How do you feel for job seekers? How do you feel video can help people, particularly in welding, you know, as they're applying for jobs, as they're creating an online presence? How do you feel video can help them in terms of attracting employers and increasing their chances of getting hired? Um, I I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I mean, sometimes you, you, you know, I've seen a lot of stuff that, you know, it's just a, somebody puts up a picture of a picture mm-hmm. or, you know, and I believe that there's so many different avenues you can go in this trade. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got anything from shipbuilding to aerospace, you know what I mean? Sure. Construction and mining, they're, they're huge. I like the fact, like, I see a lot of companies will put up stuff that, uh, that they build 
And I believe that benefits to the employee, to the, to the employees coming in. Is this way you can, they can help you pick an avenue of what you want to do. As for the employees to, or, you know, a potential employee to put something up, I encourage that as well, as long as it's something you've done, because I've seen a lot of stuff too that it just isn't there. No, that's fair. That's fair. That makes sense. I always look at video as proof that you're competent in what you can do, because I think anybody, you can write anything on a resume. But until you actually show me that you're doing the work, I mean, I can sit here and say I'm a rocket scientist on a resume, but that doesn't make it so, you know. But if I spoke for a minute and recorded it and explained what I do as a rocket scientist, well, that might be a little bit more credible than me just writing it on paper. That's the point I think I was trying to make. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I'm Mm -hmm. about show me. And the reason why is welding, you can't mess around with that. You have to know what you're doing. You can't just sit there and say you're a welder. It's going to become pretty obvious if you're not competent at what you're doing. And I don't think it's something you can just write down, I'm a great welder. I mean, people have to see you do a weld. Right. You mean, a lot of people will find a niche. Like when I first started, I did sheet metal. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't a production kind of welder. I just, it bored me. I'm, I, I won't lie to you. I wanted to fall asleep. <laughs> so you got to tell me I got to make 30 or 40 parts an hour. Well, after welding 120 of the same part, it, it got to be boring. Yes. So, and then I got a chance to get into pipe and I just fell in love with pipe welding. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you think it's pipe, pressure vessels. I mean, I, I'm still welding things in a circular that go around, but I just fell in love with it. I like the idea of having to put down an x-ray weld every time and making something out of nothing and it's a onesie or twosie that I drive by out of nowhere in the middle. That could be right off the side of and the interstate. And oh, look, I did that. Yeah, that is pride. That is probably that. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's where I get it. Yeah. And now I've moved into the part of where my victory is gonna be is making students for the future that are good because like I'm the generation that replaced my dad. Yes. And then there's this generation that's gonna replace me. Mm-hmm. I wanna make sure that the same knowledge that I got from the people out of like my dad's era are you know, I'm passing that knowledge down to them. Mm-hmm. No, that's that that makes sense, definitely. Hey, speaking of which, can you share websites, maybe a group association, uh, just for anyone interested in welding that they can check out to learn more about the profession? Because I, I do believe if you're interested in the profession, you got to do a little research. And I'm sure there's some websites or groups that people could check out that, you know, if you could recommend them. Absolutely. So again, I am a big proprietor of our Junkies podcast. Uh, Jason Becker has a lot of great Gets on there every week. He uh, also has this thing called JTT. It's called Just a Tip Tuesday. He does, uh, he talks about welding processes. And it could be like today, he just did one on different modes of metal transfer, spray arc, impulse make. Very informative. They're smaller. They're 28-minute bits. He also does one that's well Wednesdays with AWS. He just had a couple people on. Uh, Daryl Peterson, he did something with for, you know, talking about qualification versus certification. I mean, Jason has really got it going on when it comes down to that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I loved listening to some of his stuff. And he gets some stuff that's so good that I will actually figure out how to incorporate it into my classroom. Nice deals some days so my kids and, and like they listen to it like we had them do an our junkies podcast i had them do a t what they call a tdq and they each had to pick an episode and write me an article about what they learned from the episode nice i like that yeah and you know and he i shared them with him and 
he 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 likes that. He loved it. He thought that was great. Sent me a bunch of stickers for the kids, and he zoomed with them. Uh, it was great. Another one that I'm getting real big on is uh, Wild Labs with Nate Bowman and Rush Kane. Mm-hmm. So they have a traveling. They're a traveling unit. They'll come to your shop or they'll come to your school and they'll work with students or employers and they work on different processes and trying to get everything up to speed. If you're a company, they're trying to help you figure out ways to be more efficient. Actually, they're going to be coming out to my school in May Nice. And they're going to spend a couple of days with me and my kids and we're just going to weld and have a, have a good time. I'm very grateful for that. I think what they got going on is a phenomenal thing. So, I mean, that's, that's just, you got to type in welllabs.co and their website will come up. And I mean, it still might be a little in process, but they've got a tremendous thing. And I really back them on what they're trying to do. I think it's great. So art junkies and weldmatch.com. Well, well labs, well labs, excuse me. Well labs. Got it. No, those yep, are welllabs.co. Welllabs.co. Okay. We'll also make sure we have that in the podcast notes. Final question. Your dad was a welder. Please share one lesson you learned from him that can help new welders. So one of the things that I did learn was to be humble. That was probably huge. I mean, I'll be the first one to tell you. When I was a kid, who didn't drive their dad through? Drive their parents crazy, right? Yes, I did. I'd be one of them. (laughs) I mean, I swear, like, the principal had a direct line <laughs> to him when I did something dumb. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. But, I know that feeling. I was there. <laughs> yeah. He got up every day and he went to work and, you know, he didn't, he never was, he never was with with anybody. He, he's kind of showed me how to be. Mm-hmm. So humble, I think is the big thing because somebody knows something that you don't learn from them. Don't ever think you're cocky enough to be better than the next. The easiest thing to do is stay humble, learn. Mm-hmm. I put humble and learning together. I preach that a lot. Nah, so, I mean, if my dad taught me one thing, it would be definitely it was to mellow out and be humble. Nah, that's great advice. That's great advice. That is great advice. Scott, thank you so much for being on the Skill Stadium podcast. Please share how people can find your organization. You can find my organization at Monroe2Boces.org. There's a variety of programs that you can reach in, that you can look into it, especially if you're up here in the Northeast. There's tons of programs, uh, all kinds of good information on them. If you want to get a hold of me, you can find me on Facebook or LinkedIn, or I'm I'm HyperWalter585 on Instagram. I mean, anything I can do for you going forward, don't ever feel like you, you know, just reach out. I mean, you got it. I think what you're doing is an absolutely amazing thing. And I'm Thank you. really glad to be a part of it. Well, I appreciate it. Well, Scott, I really appreciate you being a guest. Thank you so much. We'll make sure to have all your information in the notes. And thank you so much for your time. Okay. Yeah. Anything, like I said, whatever you guys need going forward, I'm, like I said, learning more. To, I want to promote welding and I want to do whatever I can to help people along. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Skill Stadium. It would mean so much if you left a review on iTunes and told your family and friends about the podcast.